Welcome to the Celtics Journal Podcast, your weekly show covering the Boston Celtics. As always, I'm Adam Kemp, and I'm here with Jeff Kidger. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing well. It was a big day today in the NBA. Maybe not for the Celtics, but... It's a huge day, honestly. So much news. Yeah, Chris Paul is in health and safety. Uh, Kawhi. Kawhi might have an ACL injury. Yep. Stan Van Gundy. Van Gundy. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is right on the heels um, of uh, of Durant's historic performance. That was. Did you watch the game? Yeah. Unbelievable. Okay, good. I was unbelievable. Actually, really shocked by uh, Giannis just losing his mind in in the fourth. He did you hear Brooklyn um, like they were cheering for him at the three point line when he was he, he was being guarded by Blake Griffin and then he backs up like five feet and then they start booing him yeah. and then he charges at the rim and misses and they start cheering again. Yep, he's already in his own head and then the Brooklyn yeah, crowd is have, just yeah getting into him. Yeah, I, I I was trying to make the decision whether whether or not. I'd rather have Ben Simmons or Giannis at the free throw line with two free throws to ice the game. And I, I really can't decide. I think they're probably equally bad. Yeah. I w- <laughs> mm, that's a terrible choice. It's a terrible choice, but a tough one. It is. It is. I'd probably, go, I'd probably go Giannis. Probably go Giannis. I th- yeah, I think. I, I'd put the superstar on the line. Yeah, be, uh, Ben just shoots sideways and... Like his follow through is sideways, and it, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going Giannis in that horrible choice that you've given me. Agreed, agreed. And then we also got the Suns sweeping the MVP Jokic, which I'm all for. It. I love yep. that. I love the Suns team this year. Yep. They're exciting to watch. You, uh... Uh, but then Chris Paul gets thrown in. He's just an unlucky playoff guy. He really is, and you. It seems like every time he gets close, he just he gets something. Uh-huh. Something happens, and he's vaccinated too. I think. Yeah, he is. Um, I forget who it was said that he was he got Pfizer mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. So, so I don't know what happened, man, but <laughs> I I hope he comes back soon. Uh, yeah, they're gonna need the time. Hopefully, the the Clippers Jazz goes seven. Yeah, I, I think it honestly will too. If well, if Kawhi, I mean, Kawhi out, I don't know. I don't I don't believe in Paul George to to really take this team to the finals or these or the Western Conference finals even. Um, yeah. The, uh... But we got, a, we got a few things to talk about with the Celtics today because Kemba Walker, for the longest time, I think me and you were, I would say we were Kemba believers. Absolutely. But then somewhere along the way, we both kind of lost lost love, lost interest in, in having Kemba on the Celtics. Well, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing with that real quick. Is uh, I defended him throughout the entire season, not playing back-to-back games because mm. I believed it was for the bigger picture of being uh, ready to go for the playoffs, mm. uh, making sure he was at a hundred percent, being the old Kemba, the All NBA Kemba, when we needed him to be that. Um, and then, as we saw, he just wasn't available for the playoffs either. Uh, so the and if he was playing in those back-to-back games throughout the season, the Celtics probably don't end up where they end up, and they don't have to play Brooklyn. So not only did you cost us a higher seed, where we wouldn't have to go through Brooklyn, um, you weren't even there to fix the problems that you caused. So that's when I kind of I jump ship 
and I'm ready for him to go. But yeah, I I totally agree because at first I was on the same boat where I'm, I'm like, this guy he needs to have his time off so he can be ready because when he's in the playoffs he's going to be that guy who can be you know 18 to 20 points per game and he can slide in right behind Jalen and Jason. But then of course Jalen Brown gets injured and then and then Kemba Walker he he just deteriorated much faster than we expected. But then with with his scoring this year, it, it almost felt like it was like 30 points or 10 points mm-hmm. or like 8 or 33. And that really did average out to like 19. So I'm like, I'm wondering where the 19 points per game really lies in, in fake numbers versus, you know, legitimate. Yeah, see that, but, that's so true. His averages looked solid, but that's because he'd randomly go off and make up for mm-hmm. one of the worst games possible. And I yeah, personally would just rather have a guy that you know he's going to score around 19 points, not a guy where they're, I'm sweating it out the whole time wondering if he's going to score at all. So. Well, then my question to you is how many how many guys are out there and, more importantly, how many guys are out there that you can trade Kemba Walker for? Not a lot. Not a lot. Are, I, I was running into that problem. Yeah, when it looked like uh, people were trying to get the trade machine ready and uh, send out all these mock trades. They were treating it like Kemba has a lot more value than I think that he does. Um, yeah, I've seen some really. I I wouldn't say, I wouldn't. I, you're lying to yourself if you think you can get more than one solid player in return for Kemba, let alone two or three. And I've seen multiple where we're getting guys like Josh Richardson, Maxi Kleba, and Dwight Powell for Kemba Walker in a first-round pick, and that's just not going to happen. No, not a chance. It's not going to happen. Well, if the Celtics manage to get a good player back, it's going to be more about the direction that the team they're, tr- they're trading with mm-hmm. is trying to go in than it is going to be about the value that Kemba has. Yeah, and you're most likely going to get a player that's kind of like a reclamation project. Or, or a veteran who makes a lot of money, like Al Horford, or a reclamation project like Chris Daps Porzingis. Like mm-hmm. you're going to get a guy who makes a lot of money, but isn't going to do exactly what you need. And at this point, <laughs> we might just have to sell as low as we can, just to get the salary off the books. But we also are going to need another point guard in return. So like I've seen some trades like Al Horford for Kemba. And I like Al Horford. I love him on the team, but that leaves us without a point guard. That leaves us with Marcus Smart and Peyton Pritchard as our primary ball handlers. Would that be so bad? Do you have a problem with uh, Marcus Smart I being don't, the guy? No, I don't have a problem with Marcus Smart being the guy. But I, I, and I don't have a problem with Peyton Pritchard being the guy either. It's just like this soon. No, I think if 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 Jeff Teague worked out, I think we'd be in a, a much better situation. But I think we need another guy like Jeff Teague, like a veteran journeyman point guard who kind of just can come in and we need play. I think we do. Another guy truly, like Jeff Teague? If Jeff Teague worked out. Yeah, that's a big, yeah. Big. Like like guys guys that can come in, hit a couple shots, but just primarily just hoop. And one of, one of the guys that came to mind was Ish Smith. So a guy who can kind of hold their own. Yeah, holds their own, one. plays with the second unit. Like Peyton Pritchard can do that, but I just I would rather have a a veteran point guard to come in and kind of help the team. I wonder if Ish Smith is like um, uh, Middleton, kind of. 
where I, could, Celtics could Celtics fans think that he's really good. But he, if we if we had him, he'd probably turn into mush. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't think the uh, the way that Celtics fans look at Middleton is the way the rest of the NBA mm. does. So, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm I'm still on board for Smith. I think he's good for what we'd use him for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like like I'm, I was saying earlier, like I just can't come to too many people or, or players or teams that make too much sense for the Celtics or vice versa, like make sense for the other team. Um, like the Pacers are, they have a lot of guys that might not, like the Pacers might be willing to trade, but do they want Kemba Walker in return? Does that make sense for them? Probably not. I don't, but like, I don't think so. I, w- I would love to have Aaron Holiday or Jeremy Lamb or Doug McDermott or any of those guys, Justin Holiday even. I'll take any of the Holiday brothers. <laughs> like I'll take any of those any of those players off their hand, but they probably don't take Kemba Walker. No, I think the reason that they have guys available is because they're trying to lower their cap number. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to take on a guy that they're going to be stuck with for two years. Um, yeah, like they, they just kind of did that with Victor Oladipo, like similar situation, like injured injured guard, and he just he wasn't giving them the same production. He was making a lot of money, and so they they moved him in. I mean, in the James Harden deal, but uh, I would I I just don't see it for, from the Pacers. Unfortunate, yeah. Because I, I love Aaron Holiday. Yeah, same. I just couldn't put something together that makes sense for them. And then um, we always hear about the Blazers, obviously, with Dame kind of, he he's so good and he's so valuable to that team, and that team kind of just decides not to put the right coach around him, not to surround him with the right talent. Maybe it's it's a little bit of, um, they have an allegiance to the Dame-CJ combo, but it might be time for them to let go of one of the two. Well, Obviously, it shouldn't be Dame, because yeah. he's a generational talent if dame's going to the celtics then i don't think kemba goes in that does he yeah i don't i think jalen brown Brown. goes in there exactly and we don't want dame and kemba on the same team because that doesn't make sense yeah so making that work is very difficult another one that just doesn't make sense and it also kind of makes this the window for the celtics championship odds to like it kind of makes it really small because then you have you have Dame, who's under contract for a couple more years, but he makes a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Then you have Tatum. But if you're giving up Jalen Brown, once Dame's out of this contract, he'll be, what, 32? Yeah. What is he worth then? He's probably still worth a lot because he's, he's, Dame. he's Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. But would, would that put you in a position where it's just Dame, you have an older Dame and then a superstar Jason Tatum, but then what else do you really have? Yeah, do you want to shorten your championship window um you make yourself a a serious threat in the east but i mean like Mm -hmm. you're really shortening it when you're going up against a team like brooklyn in all those years anyway so it's like exactly you're you're going to go up against brooklyn milwaukee philly anyway um and then for the blazers it just doesn't make sense for them either like they could sell high like Mm -hmm. you can you sell high on damian Lillard because this is as high as it's ever going to be he's like peak of his career he just came off a an amazing series in the playoffs, but yeah, I, just, I think the Nuggets are a it, team it, to watch for Dame. To be honest, I would weirdly oh enough. I, I I was talking to my friends about that, and I'm like, oh, Damian Lillard and Nikola Jokic on the same team. Yeah, they're the Nuggets are going to have some really tough decisions to make this offseason, and I think it's going to be interesting because they didn't get to see themselves 
at full strength in the playoffs with with Murray. Uh, and if you remember, before he got hurt, they were destroying teams. So it's like mm-hmm. they were poised to make a deep playoff run. So do you want to run it back and hopefully you can capture some of that for next season? I think so. It through, or do you mm-hmm. kind of take advantage of the situation where this is the first time Dame's been somewhat available? So I mean, if I'm the GM of the Nuggets, I'm doing everything I can to get Dame and and Jokic on the same team. Mm-hmm. But at, as a as a basketball fan, and even if I was a Nuggets fan, I probably wouldn't want to like mortgage guys like like Jamal Murray. Probably would be in there. Yeah, um, Jamal Murray, MPJ, MPJ. Who, is who that says straight no? up? Yeah, who, who says no? Those two. There's, I mean, that's a that's a good trade, but I don't know who says no. Right? Maybe the maybe the Blazers because of because it's Damian Lillard and they just want to keep their franchise guy. Because that's the other thing. Like Portland has trouble getting guys anyway. Mm-hmm. Now they have this top ten, top twelve player in the NBA. You got to do everything you can to keep him and show the like show all the other free agents that like, hey, we're not going to just ship you off because we think you have a high trade value. Yeah, I just I think they're a team to watch because they the Nuggets mm-hmm. have young, really good players. Yeah, and a, yeah, they got really good guys on the end of their bench too. Yep, and a reason that I'm I would love. Yeah, and, and the Nuggets have a reason to want to get better right now. They so that seems like a match made perfect. in heaven for those two yeah. if something's going to happen. Yeah, I think if Dame gets moved, that could be it. Yeah. Okay. But Denver. anyway, we've put together. We'll say it. We'll say it here, so it's it's on record. Yeah. <laughs> we can always come back to this, but take our victory laps. So we've put together some what we think are realistic Kemba Walker trades. Right. Um, do you want to kick us off with the your first one or yeah your um, favorite one, whatever you want. <laughs> Uh, definitely not my favorite one because this one it just makes me think it's kind of like a worse of the two evils. Mm-hmm. Um, John Wall for Kemba Walker, straight up. Oh, you're I'm not sure how that. I feel about it. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about it from a from a monetary standpoint, but I think from a play style standpoint, it's it's a good move for the Celtics. I I'm not really sure what the Rockets like value on John Wall really is. I don't know what his interest is in playing in Houston. Um, I think they could probably both benefit from new sceneries. Um, I know John Wall would love to contend. Yeah. Not saying that we would be contending first year, but hasn't he said on social media? I think recently that he doesn't really want to be back in Houston. I think there yeah, you go. I'm pretty sure he has. Uh, but this is so with Kemba Walker. There are a couple trades out there where mm-hmm. uh, nobody's happy. Neither side is right. happy. At all, um, and this is one of them. This is one of them. Um, so, I'm actually kind of on board with it, even though I think it's one of the worst, worst case scenarios. Um, because like you're trading one, one uh, injury prone uh, point guard on the wrong side of thirty for another one. Um, but I think John Wall's skill set really just sit, fits the Celtics a lot better than than uh, Kemba Walker does at this point. Yeah, I think I think him as a playmaker, it would be a lot better. Um, and they're both injury riddled guards, but I, I I would I think I'd take John Wall. But that contract is just oh, it's, it's little, brutal. 
it's a little scary. It's like 46, 47 million in, in the, in in the second year. year. Yeah. yeah, that is that is a terrible contract. But the thing is, is uh, when John Wall was healthy this year, he looked good. And if you can tell him to stop shooting the ball, yeah. then you're good. I don't. I'm not really sure that would be too big of a problem. Mm-hmm. Because I, th- I would hope that at this point in John Wall's career, he's kind of ready to take a take a backseat role or at least defer to guys that are clearly better than him. I don't know if that's John Wall's style. It's, it's never not, been John Wall's but, style. But you have to hope that it yeah, that it will be for the sake of his career. Yeah, so if you... The way this works out... Not the Celtics, the, just his career. Yeah, yeah. It's not about us. The way this works out for everybody is that John Wall... Kind of plays the facilitator role because mm. it, I don't know if people forgot about this or I just haven't seen it as much recently because he's been injured. But that Great guy passer. is an incredible passer. He used to average like ten assists. And they're, they're not fake assists either. Like they're yeah. he's getting people wide open looks and hitting them right in stride when they're going to the hoop. Like he's really getting people open. And that's mm-hmm. the kind of guy I want the Celtics to have. So if you can get him to stop taking jumpers, attack the rim, and then facilitate to uh, to the Jays, then that's a good basketball team. And that's a team that's It kind of really... sounds like Russell Westbrook, though. <laughs> if he would just stop shooting, yeah, no. attack the rim, and facilitate. Yeah, but I, I just I don't <laughs> think he can get in the way of other players as much. Because right, yeah. right now, the way the Jays operate, it kind of seems like there's a disconnect where it's kind of your turn, my turn. Kind of thing. If I yeah, I keep having that. Like people, people have been saying that where I, I don't see the chemistry between the Jays and I don't either. Yeah, honestly, but exactly. The thing is, it's like what duo in the NBA really has that like chest bump all the time, dapping it, dapping everybody up on the sideline. What duo really does that? Well, you know, because uh... like. Ben and Joel don't really do that. They high five on the bench like, oh, hey, nice job. Oh well, yeah, they but don't I don't, really... don't want to be them. No, no one does. So, what we've seen most recently with this, I think it was going to be Kyrie and Durant. Mm-hmm. And then you get James Harden to kind of come in and be the link between the two of them and make, and then have them be, or have him be the engine kind of that makes it go a little bit smoother. Yeah. Um, even though, like, Kyrie and Durant are so good that they may not need it, and it looks like they probably don't. But, mm-hmm. like, that's the general... That's kind of where my mind's at with it and what uh, John Wall can be. Um, so if he kind of falls into that role, and the, then the Celtics can be really good. He gets to contend. Everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. You'll link two players who kind of have been your turn, my turn, like we said. And then John Wall, if he wants to get another contract, can get a good one. He can get a good one if he plays well yeah. for the Celtics. But then worst case scenario is we basically have what we already have in an injured point guard who's not going to play. But you're paying a lot more for it. Yeah, for a lot more money. So I'm like, if you're you're Brad Stevens and you need to make a move and this is all that's on the table, I would say do it. But no one's going to be happy. People are going to be really anxious about it until it works out. And, yeah, if it doesn't work out, Brad's Brad's on the hot seat. We all know it. Yep. And then... It's going to be a, another Celtics Twitter meltdown. Every game, John Wall scores under 14 points. Mm-hmm. 
and which which I'm work, yeah. I will probably then be on that side because I've seen this time and time again. Yeah. <laughs> but here's here's another one, another kind of lose lose trade. Okay. Um, Dallas Mavericks, Kemba Walker for Kristaps Porzingis. I hate it. Oh, it's the worst. I don't like Porzingis, but but here's my but. Maybe just maybe mm-hmm. he can work out with the Jays. But then again, it's like, what makes anyone think that Chris Stapps is going to be happy playing behind two guys that are better than him? Yep, the report now being rather than wanted to be Luka. wanted to be one and one A with him and Luca, and yeah. then now it's going to be the Jays, and then way further down, Chris Stapps. Yeah. Uh, so no, I, th- well, I no, think he'd it's be the Jays. It's the Jays, and then Marcus, <laughs> and then probably Robert Williams. <laughs> And then Chris Stapps, maybe. I don't, and that's if he works out. Yeah. I don't disagree with see, that, honestly. You can see my value bar on Chris Stapps is pretty low. Yeah, no, he's ter- he's terrible. He was awful this season. It's like when you when you needed a guy, when you really needed a guy to go along with Luca, he just fell apart. Like, they just... He would just shoot threes and then just play his way onto the bench. Yeah, like, if he plays even remotely well, they probably win that series against Clippers. Yeah, yeah I, I think they, they might. Um, Easily. And what he's been reduced to now is actually ridiculous because he's like this seven-foot, the like gangly, the worst 3-and-D player ever. Cause he's Just a fragile guy, no post-game. Nothing. And he's just hanging Got, out like, on the perimeter doing nothing. Yeah. Like he's, no- he's like me when I play pickup basketball. <laughs> and I have a torn meniscus. Yep. So you're a you I, feel for a... <laughs> Joel Embiid right yeah. now? Oh, we have the same exact knee injury, and I don't know how he's playing on it. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, and you said not anymore. Like he's twenty five. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't. I'd rather watch from the sidelines on that one. <laughs> mm. Like that. That's the worst trade that yeah. I've seen. Like that is. I, I agree. I think. I think keeping Kemba Walker on his current contract and figuring out how to repurpose him is much better than taking Porzingis and seeing what happens. Yeah, and don't without. Me, like I said earlier, no point guard. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't, Marcus Smart. Don't get me wrong. Um, nobody's going to be happy with. Uh, no Celtics fan is going to be happy with Kemba, Kemba Walker paying him like thirty-seven million dollars mm-hmm. as a sixth sixth man. Like everyone's upset. But I think having mm. Chris Depps on the team makes people even more pissed. Like, that would be a horrible yeah. thing to but see. But then, then again, well, short term, people would be happy because they just want to see a move be made. Yeah, but let, let's, let's uh, zoom out a little bit yeah. and make some good big moves. Picture. Big picture here. Yeah, so we need veto a good that. team to compete. <laughs> veto that one. That one's that horrible. Absolutely not. Yeah, we we just talked ourselves out of Chris Stapps Porzingis. Yeah. Not that we were ever in on it. <laughs> next next trade, we got the Oklahoma City Thunder mm-hmm. and a reunion. Al Horford for Kemba Walker, straight up. 
I I like it, but like I said earlier, it's the point guard situation. Like even if even uh, an injured Kemba, you still have an option at point guard. You know, moving him for Al Horford that again thins out your your guard positions, and you're gonna have to make another move on top of that. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's just a matter of what else are you gonna do. So I really like this trade. I think it helps us out. I think you would have to you keep Al, you keep Robert Williams, and then you move Tristan Thompson and hope that you can get a point guard in return. So maybe I don't know Tristan Thompson, and you package up. Uh, spitballing here Carson Edwards or something and a couple firsts mm-hmm. and hope that you can get a guy like like I was saying earlier like Ish Smith or just like a veteran point guard that can come in and, and just hoop yeah if you can like t- Derek Rose would be nice but he's just no he's, he's far, not too going, far gone yeah, I think uh, Derek Rose isn't leaving the Knicks I don't think I think that's a good market for him yeah back with Tibbs like that's man, yeah. it's, that's the way it's supposed to be them together even though I have my issues with Tibbs but <laughs> Uh, anyway, I the Al Horford trade. So the Celtics would have to throw in some picks for with that. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah, be, to make that even close to worth it for OKC. But I think in a vacuum, meaning that we get Al Horford back and Marcus Smart start takes over the point guard position, that is best case scenario for Celtics. Yes. Best case because. Al Horford is obviously a great playmaker. Um, we've seen the success with him on the Celtics. And also, the way that Jason Tatum plays, he does really well with a guy, with a big man who can shoot. So mm. if we get Al Horford back, that that is awesome. And to add on top of it, Al Horford's contract was front-loaded. Yeah, it, it decreases. So he, it's, I think it's like 26 and a half in the last year. Yeah, if it... I think it's I think it's lower than that twenty six and a half. I think, I think it's lower than that. So I think it's a real. It's, I think it's a, tra- a very tradable contract when it mm-hmm. gets down to it. So not only does this give you a better, more useful player for the Celtics, it leaves the door open for a move that legitimately makes the Celtics better later. So yeah, uh, and Sam Presti's not dumb. He knows that. Mm-hmm. So he's gonna uh, knowing that he has the best offer for Kemba he can raise the price a little bit more than maybe the Celtics want to pay. But if they can, if Brad can pull that off at a reasonable price, you have to do that. You, you have to, you have to do that. Well, here's a way that we can make that best case scenario even better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Three team deal. All right. We got Celtics, Thunder and Clippers. Celtics, Thunder, Clippers. Got it. So the Celtics are still going to get Al Horford. Okay. But here's how we solve that point guard problem. Rajon Rondo, reunion. Al Horford, reunion. And then we also get Luke Kennard. Now the way this would work is that we'd have to ship out Kemba, Tristan, and probably multiple firsts Mm -hmm. to the Clippers. So the Clippers, it makes sense for the Clippers. I'll tell you why in a sec. Okay. But the Thunder are then going to get Pat Beverly, Ivica Zubats, Serge Ibaka, Romeo Langford, and a second-round pick. So the reason the Celtics do it, obvious. They get their veteran center. Mm-hmm. They get a veteran point guard. So we have two vets to a team that didn't really have veterans in the first place. 
And that's something I think that we're missing. And then also Luke Kennard, you get that shooter. So if Evan Fournier, for some reason, doesn't want to come back or gets a, a bag from some team that wants to throw him 22 mil, the Knicks, man. then we we have Luke, Luke Kennard and Aaron Neesmith to kind of fill in those bench shooter roles. The Thunder, they, they kind of do this move just to... They get, they get a bunch of filler players that play hard, that can kind of... Like, yeah, they're not going to raise your ceiling to win, but that's not what they're looking for. Yeah, no, they'd be making a play for picks. Mm -hmm. So then the Clippers, it makes sense for them, obviously, because you have Kemba Walker, yes, same situation for us, but Kemba Walker, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and now Tristan Thompson as your your kind of core, but then you still have your Marcus Morris, you'll have uh, Terrence Mann, few other guys I'm forgetting about. But <laughs> but you, you have a, a, a solid team that you can then make a few more moves to, to bolster your bench. Because Serge Ibaka, he's, he's on the wrong side of, of his age. Pat Beverly, he's not getting any better or younger. And Zubac, is, he's a casualty of, of a trade you're, where you're getting Tristan Thompson. But what do you think? I don't hate it. Um, I'm... Wondering if the Clippers do it because, like, the new information that we have, and that it's been kind of going around, the Clippers need a point guard, and if Kemba's mm. healthy, then that's a good, that's a good situation for them. Um, but I think Luke Kennard being in this trade is, he's being that's what yeah he's being used, it. or they want to get off of his contract. It's really what I'm trying to say. Right. Um, but he's been playing all right in this series before getting DNPs. Mm. So if he starts playing all right and they don't want to let him go just to get, right. get rid of him, then that's a problem. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's really a matter of like where the value of all these players really lie, and I think for a lot of them it's a mystery. Yeah, 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 that's true. Um, and for this from the Celtics' perspective, like obviously, like I said, I'm all the way on board for Al coming back. I don't know what value Rondo brings right now. I'm willing. I, I think it's. I think it's really just veteran point guard reunion with the Celtics. He can even retire here next year if he really wants to. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's where his mind is at. Whether he wants to retire in the next couple or next season or two, um, I, I really don't know. But um, yeah, I he's not really even playing for the, Cl- for the Clippers right now. So like, is he? Is he good? Is does he do anything for the Celtics? I don't really know. I'm willing to roll the dice if it means getting Al Horford, but go ahead. Yeah. Player, coach. Oh God. Hasn't he said he doesn't want to be a coach? (laughs) He he would be a he'd be a good coach, I think, in in the long run. But he would suck in the first couple years. He would would get into fights with the players. Like he would he would want to be out there more than some of the guys, and that would probably frustrate him. Tactically, he'd probably be pretty good, but his interpersonal Mm -hmm. skills are really lacking. They're they're not good. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, like he's got half of half of what you need, I guess, and the other half would make the entire experience a disaster. But it would be fun mm-hmm. to watch, I guess, for somebody. No, nah. no, we don't we don't need Rondo as a player coach. But no. it, it'd be fun to to bring him back to the Celtics. And in in this deal, he's he is a player that I would love to get back in return for Kemba Walker. So. Yeah, I I mean if that if he's involved, 
in getting Al Horford back, then yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Because it, it could work yeah. out. We Rondo could end up being a good player for the Celtics, but I just I don't think he has that much left. I don't think that part of the trade is what's going to make it worth it. Um, I just think if, if things uh, line up well, then why not? But mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think if you're looking for um, like a, a point guard in the range of like five to five to eight million dollars, he's you, you look no further than a guy like Rondo because mm-hmm. you know what he can kind of bring. And I think if he was playing in the TD Garden again, yeah, it'd be fun. He, his play would yeah, it'd be so much fun. Thank God, put him back in number nine. Yeah, they should have reserved that. Honestly, <laughs> that's a, that's a side note. Yeah. Um, did you have you had another trade right? Um, no, what I would, I did want to say though, was, uh, that Miami has been rumored uh, yes. in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't see how that works out. For I don't them. see the fit. I don't, I, I long-term doesn't make sense. I can't see with them trading with the Celtics to get the Celtics off of a bad contract. I don't see him working out well for them. I think the heat mm-hmm. need to, uh, make a change they know that because they got swept by a team that is really Shouldn't not poised have. for the playoffs so uh, the Bucks are good but they just lose their minds from time to time and to get swept by a team that does that regularly is a real indictment yeah. on who you are as a team and as a contender um, and I don't think Kemba really does anything for them so I, I just wanted to address that Miami is not happening, in my opinion. I don't think so either. I don't see. The, I don't see the fit long term. Like it doesn't make sense to me. Where, like in two years, mm-hmm. they're gonna be off of Kemba's contract, but then they probably would have mortgaged a, like at least one year of Bam. So yeah, that's not that. That makes no sense for anybody. I like don't you're know. kind of wait. You're just wasting years of Bam guys like Tyler Hero. You're wasting their young years where they could be competing because they were in the finals last year. Yeah, I don't know what where that report came Fluke. from. That's absolutely ridiculous. Um, and if it ends up happening, then I'll have to eat my words. But I just cannot see that happening in any in mm-hmm. any way. But I did. What about the Knicks? The Knicks. The Knicks it makes some think, sense to me, actually. I, I don't think they have the cap space for it, but it makes sense to me well, they, from a personnel standpoint. They, they do, because they, remember they signed a bunch of uh, a bunch of like one a or two of, year deals. Yeah, coming off the one books. million dollar contracts. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that is good for their cap space. But it, what what would they send back to salary match? Like I don't I don't understand that. Uh, Alec Burks. Yeah, I would love to have Alec Burks on the on the Celtics. To be honest, I would. But you could probably make a three team deal. And the, the Knicks kind of works sense. too because like they have cap space this summer, and uh, this free agent class stinks. Yeah, it's not good. So like, they could just wait because, and just wait for a good team, or a good player. I mean, to come up, and then they can get them at that point. So that would that would make some sense because I don't believe there's anybody in their or on their team that is kind of forcing you to act quickly. I I just don't yeah. believe that this version of the Knicks is good. I think I don't either. I think it was flash in the pan, COVID year, 
Tibbs. Yeah, this perfect storm where every other team was kind of just like from the bubble. They were they were exhausted. Yeah, I think they could be a, like a middle middle uh, seed team that, uh, from an optic standpoint, kind of mm-hmm. uh, just kind of makes themselves look good and establishes a culture so that stars are willing to go there. But there's not a single person on this team, Julius Randle included, that you are forcing the issue for. He's uh, yeah. Julius Randle is a talent-wise a third on a championship team, but a third that needs the ball all the time, which is just a recipe for disaster. So it's like you just you just wait patiently. You're the Knicks. Teams are going to want to go to you if you establish a culture. Just, just wait and then a, take advantage when the uh, when the time's right. So if you can just kind of kick the can down the road, have it bring in Kemba Walker. Um, kind of just remain relevant until your time comes, then that's not so bad. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah. yeah. What do you... <laughs> that's, all, that's all I have to say about the Knicks. Yeah. Um, I actually have one more mock trade that I wanted to bring up because you get a, a better version. You get a, not a better version, a better upgrade at point guard mm-hmm. than, than you would with like Rondo or Ish Smith. Uh, but it's a three-team deal again. But the this time it's with the Bulls and the Timberwolves. Okay. Where the Celtics get back Thad Young and Ricky Rubio. I like that. Those are good players. I like those players. Uh, we we send out Kemba in a first-round pick to the Bulls, and then the Timberwolves end up getting uh, Tomas Sadoransky and Al Farouk Aminu, as well as a second or first-round pick. Like you have to work out all these picks, but um, they would get that. Um, so kind of just it's. Couple player swaps, couple picks are exchanged, but ultimately the Celtics they they get. I think it's they're both on like the last year of their deal, so they're expiring deals. So you probably have to include more picks, but as a as a spitball trade, I think it I think it makes sense for for two of the three teams involved at least. Yeah, I think the the Celtics would be happy for that re- with that return. Um, mm. The Bulls could probably talk themselves into it. Um, yeah, I think so too. And it's where the Timberwolves were kind of like iffy. Yeah, I don't really know what direction the Bulls are going in. Me so neither. they can kind of panic and make a move to try to bolster their roster a little bit, get a point guard that they haven't really had, um, and try to make themselves look like a respectable team. But it looks like they were trying to make a push to be competitive, but... Not really. I think I think they're in the same boat as New York, where like they're doing a much worse job at it. Yeah, they're, they're like the historic franchise that like you should get free agents because you're Chicago, you're New York. Yeah, and like you, I, I think you just don't see it. They don't see their, you don't see the like the star power for the future. Like Obi Toppin and. R.J. Barrett, they they're good guys, and then like you got Zach Levine on the other hand, like Zach Levine, he's good player. Vucevic, good player. Markkanen, good player. Kobe White, good player. But like not no player on that on that raw on either of those rosters are really like these generational talents that you can really create a roster around. Yeah. So if the if the Bulls kind of want to see or try their luck at recreating what the Knicks did this year and make themselves. Uh, relevant, competitive, and establish a culture the same same way. Like maybe they do that. Um, I don't think that will end well for them. 
Yeah, but I think any try anything it. anything these teams will do is just going to put them behind the top three or four teams in the East, and even then, you're still behind seven to ten teams in the West. Yeah, but in terms of the, so it doesn't matter. the Celtics' return, I, I like that. I'm, I'm, I've always mm-hmm. been a Thaddeus Young fan. I think, yeah. Yeah, I've always add, been a Thad Young guy. Yeah, he would add and a lot. And then Rubio's kind of just... Go ahead. I actually never really liked Rubio, but after watching him in Phoenix and then mm-hmm. and then again in Minnesota, it kind of like it kind of revived hope for him in my eyes anyway. Yeah, well just where like great playmaker. Yeah, in terms Good of what the, guy. what the Celtics need and what we've said that we're looking for like a distributor that mm-hmm. doesn't need that isn't going to take much Shoot away. First. Yeah, he's not going to take anything away from the Jays, so it's like he can be the connect between the two of them. That's what we're really looking mm-hmm. for. Um, I think he does a good job with that, and I'm a Thaddeus Young fan, like I said. So the the Celtics return, I, I love that. Um, that would be up there with the Al Horford return for me. Yeah. So, like, I guess if you had to pick, what what move do you want to happen? And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and if I'm going, to let, let's wrap up. Let's wrap up the show with our final thought being, um, you know, what do you want to happen? But also, like. What do you think the best move for the Celtics is? So kind of a two, like double double-edged sword. Yeah, I two-headed snake. I'd be really interested in the John Wall trade that we said. I think that would be. It's tempting. It, it really has is. a really high probability for disaster, but it would be fun because I think John Wall at his best is the best thing that the Celtics can get from from this. Um, yeah, I think it's like a medium risk. Yeah, I think. I, but like the reward is either really low. Or pretty high. Yeah, it would be fun to see the most untradeable contract in NBA history get traded twice. Um, <laughs> but so that's the one I'm most intrigued by. But the one I think that makes the Celtics uh, better, or I guess the safest kind of, is like the Al Horford one, just because mm. you get a good player and it gives you more flexibility down the road in the, your ability to trade him um, if if you need to. Um, so I'd be very happy with the Al Horford one. That that would be my pick. What about you? Um, I'm I agree. Uh, honestly, I hate to agree with you. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, because I'm always wrong. <laughs> no, I hate to agree. Uh, but Kemba Walker for Al Horford is like the. It's my homer take. It's the, it's the reunion. Like get this guy back in Boston. He loves Boston. His sister loves Boston. Yeah. She can't say enough about the Celtics. I think she loves so, Boston so much now because she hates Philly. Because she hates every other city she's been to. <laughs> yeah, that's and true. It doesn't seem like OKC really gives her too much. Yeah, she seems indifferent but, uh, towards OKC, but really hates Philly, and that's but really hates exactly Philly. how I feel. So yeah. So come on home, Al. Yep. Yeah, so Al Horford can come home, but then at that at that point, we talked about it earlier. But what do you what do you do with the point guard position? Like, can you give me another move that you'd make um, after the fact to complete the the uh, the off season? Um, well, you have a couple of options, but I do like the idea of uh, running it with Marcus Smart. I don't hate that idea, but you also have mm-hmm. what's left of the traded player exception. We have five. Player exceptions. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um, yeah so, a little chump change here and there, but yeah. But so you you can fill a point guard position with that, but I don't know if you're gonna you're not gonna get a starter out of that. Um, if the uh, Pacers are trying to dump salary and you can help them out, you could try to get Brogdon, pry him away. 
um, which would be interesting. And I think he'd be- what take what does it take for Boston to get Brogdon from Indiana? I don't see it I happening, see it happening. but it I, probably I'm, take I'm a, very interested. It would take a good amount. And plus you have to, that's when salary matching gets a little sticky because mm. like Kemba doesn't make any sense if you want to try and include him and it doesn't make any sense. So you'd have to tr- probably no. uh, throw in like Marcus Smart and then that kind of defeats the purpose of what what we're doing here. And is that yeah. worth it? But uh, so I, I don't think so. But uh, I, I'd say the most likely option is just go with Marcus Smart. But you do yeah. have some have some options in terms of what you do. Yeah, I, I think what I said earlier, Aaron Holiday would probably be my pick because mm-hmm. I feel like you could you could overpay for him, and I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, um, I, a lot of people. I just are don't a know what fan of his, and I'm a fan of his too, but. Why would they get rid of him? I just can't. I don't know. I don't know why they'd be in a rush to move him, let alone to the to the Celtics. Uh, when the Celtics, when it's kind of a force to figure out how we could get that mm-hmm. done, where everybody's happy, and especially it being so far back on the priority list. That, yeah, uh, it, it does. It, like it, it's kind of like every other trade scenario we've talked about, where it's just there's aspects to like all these players where it doesn't seem like any of them make sense, Mm -hmm. but then you can, you can talk yourself into any trade, honestly. Yeah. So I think, I think the moral of the story here is that you kind of have to, uh, people need to calm down a little bit with what Kemba Walker's worth. Mm -hmm. Don't, I wouldn't expect that much in return. So we're going to see a lot of people very disappointed. I, I fear, but yeah. And like everything you said, 100% true. Also, everybody needs to zoom out and look at a bigger picture because it's it's bigger than just a one year th- thing. Like yeah. everyone that I've seen, you know, coming with these mega blockbuster trades, it always ends with like, well, they need to win a championship. They need to compete now. Well, then what happens for the next 7 years? Cuz I would rather compete for 7 to 8 years than win one now, but then never win for another 40, 50 years because we can't we can't retain talent or assets or anything. Yeah. Like that. So, you just gotta you gotta look at it from long term. Exactly. That's a perfect point to wrap up the show. It's definitely a wait and see game with with the with both the head coach search, um, where Kemba Walker is going to be. Are we even going to trade Marcus Smart? Like, he could still be included in anything. Mm-hmm. We don't know, and I'm not even sure Brad Stevens knows. Yeah, I'm curious uh, what Brad does first because that's going to be everyone's going to take that and be like, "This is what he truly thought of this player." So yeah, I mean, and, uh, uh, this first generation of a uh, of Brad. Uh, yeah, th- is this is interesting. It, it's going to be yeah, like you said, it's going to be really interesting because the first move is it's what is it's going to set the tone for the rest of his tenure in Boston as GM or president. But we'll see. I'm excited. But um, thanks for joining me, Jeff. It's been a pleasure as always. Of course. I, I think we're gonna have I think we're gonna have Mike on the show next week. Uh, talk more off season moves and maybe I keep saying it, but maybe a Bradley Beal trade. No, no. I don't know if that's gonna work out, but I, I am. I don't think I don't I don't I don't really see it because again, it's kind of like the same thing. It shortens the window, but. 
that's all we got for the show today. Please like, subscribe, repost, comment on all, all of our stuff. We love to hear your feedback. We love the interaction. We love to talk to you guys. Uh, go Celtics.